Hi, I'm Melissa Minko, and you're listening to Love and Dating Shows. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Love and Dating Shows. Today, I have the honor of having my friends Amanda and Chris on, who are actually married. This is a first in Love and Dating Shows history, and I was so excited for this to happen because, as you all know, I'm obsessed with relationship dynamics, and when I get to literally share one live with other people in the context of interpreting and analyzing love, that's just chef's kiss for me of combinations. So um, without further ado, I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves first, and then we'll get into the show that they assigned me to, which was admittedly very difficult for even me to watch. So I'm excited to hear all the reasons they love it and are completely hooked on this. Um, (laughs) Amanda, you want to go first? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. And um, yes, we're super excited to talk about the show. And (laughs) It is just amazing, and we'll tell you why we're addicted to it, but um, as Melissa mentioned, my name's Amanda. Melissa and I met through work about a year or so ago. Um, I'm a self-proclaimed trashy TV junkie um, and a bit and a dog and human mom, so that seems to take up the most of my time, but um, that's so the cutest much. girl ever that I'm trying to steal sometime. Um, and that pretty much takes up most of my life right now (laughs) then I'll introduce Chris my husband so hello Um, my name is Chris I'm married to Amanda for just over two years now Um, I'm in my early 30s if that matters Um, (laughs) and again we have one daughter who's just almost a year and a half old um, again, while I'm in my early 30s, I feel like I have an old man mindset because I enjoy New Balance sneakers, cutting grass, and sitting outside and in cars. quiet and going to sleep at 8 p.m. every now and then. <laughs> um, and also for context, since I guess it's in the idea of love and dating shows, is I'm a middle child, older sister who's married, younger brother who's been dating for quite a while now. So between the three of us, we've had some rather interesting um, relationship type stuff and kind of it, it helps me and my own perception of it and understanding if yes. that makes a difference it does it definitely does um yeah i it, i always tell people like you saw in the prep documents that we don't necessarily get into people's dating lives on the show but obviously the relationships that you're surrounded by form a template for the influences in your own relationship and how you interpret the chemistry and compatibility of others so yeah i think that's that's really relevant um I also think it's important to mention that I've never met either of you in person and yet (laughs) (laughs) feel very close to both of you because I just think it's a testament to virtual digital relationships and how they've been forming over the past 15 months. So um, because that's, I think, also key context for this show specifically Um, is I don't I don't fully understand. Like, I would love to hear from you guys how exactly this show works. I was Googling it and trying to figure out on Wikipedia, like how these couples even come to be and it's my understanding that for the most part they haven't actually met in person a lot of times before one of them just moves to the states to marry them but um would love to hear a little bit more from each of you like how does this show work exactly because it's real people which is is wild (laughs) so it's really interesting so the show itself is called 90 day fiance but there's so many different like renditions of it (laughs) so um there's like before the 90 days um then there's just your 
90 Day Fiance and then 90 Days Happily Ever After. So there's a few different versions of it. And the name itself is called 90 Day Fiance because um, the, when you come to the U.S. on a fian- on a spousal visa or fiance visa, it takes 90 days. You have to get married within 90 days in order to. Jeez. Yeah. In order to like get your start your green card process. <laughs> Wow. So how do most of these couples meet then? What's the, so, like, how do they find so, each other? So I'll add a little bit more on this, on the, the premise of the show again, 90 day fiance ties to the 90 days you have to get married once you arrive in the U S mm-hmm. for a K one visa. It's, it's a little different than the spousal visa, mm. but, but typically the show has people that have already met, been engaged, applied for, and in most cases been approved for the K one visa, which is a six to 12 month process in general. So by the time this show introduced these couples, they've already known each other for a, a long period of time. Many oh. of them, at, many of them at that point, actually all of them at that point, have met each other because in order to apply for a K one visa, you have to submit proof that it's a legitimate relationship. So pictures, Skype messages, text messages, time spent together. So wow. the original show was really about everyone had met and whether or not they met via the internet, which was a mm-hmm. lot of them. Some of them met on social media, found someone, liked their picture. And they started a conversation and then months later they decide to actually meet and then there's a proposal in person. There's also a handful of them that have met just by chance in other countries. So like there's one fam- one couple that's now long married, but they one of them was working abroad for a few years, met someone while they were working abroad, then had to come back to the U.S. and then and proposed and they did the K-1 visa. And there's a couple others like that where people had met in other countries just like not normally meeting people, not mm. just that I met online type thing. And then there's the, the, I'll say the other end of the spectrum where people go intentionally on international dating sites to find an international spouse. Um, so, and that's kind of the, the latter of it is really what the perception of the, of K1 yes. are for the most part. But I think the original core of the show was to legitimize it. And the people that were on the early seasons of the show seemed a lot more legitimate like you you saw them and you watched their chemistry with one another and they really seemed like they genuinely enjoyed each other and it was just by chance they were from other countries and they they showed what it's like for someone who's going through that process and then as time went on and they added the before the 90 days happily ever after and so forth you saw it kind of change to where you got the I'll say I don't want to say the stereotypical or quintessential older man looking for someone that's right. the, age, the age of their daughter in another country using a, a website um, and that's what a lot of people think of it when they when they hear it. Um, and the quote unquote, they're just marrying, getting married for a green card because of life in the U.S. is better. Um, mm-hmm. And the show, I think, was I think the people that are on it, at least my optimistic thinking is at least the early ones. They went on the show to say, hey, we are real people. And this process is is tainted by some that give it a negative um, mm-hmm. view. But we want to show our story so that when you when you hear about it, you have a counter to the the negative point and then again they did the offshoots before the 90 day where people do it where they're not even engaged yet and some of them on that had not actually met um Hmm. before the 90 days and they follow them kind of to see if they will get engaged and then happily ever after is as as it sounds after they've been married and are in the u.s yeah but this is an interesting because i think we asked you to watch um the 90 (laughs) it was the 90 day one and Yes. And it was interesting because of COVID and stuff. So that also changed like the whole dynamic along with just how the show has evolved and become like kind of trashier <laughs> from the exactly. initial ones. 
Yeah, it was so interesting. The two episodes you had me watch were, I think, from the it was season eight, so the most recent season. It was Love Me or Leave Me, um, mm-hmm. and then Into Your Arms, and they were both, um, both showed during the time of COVID, and both were taking place during the time of COVID, and mm-hmm. it really did. I, I mean, to your point, Chris, there were couples on there that are young. Like I was, I was very surprised. It wasn't the stereotypical couples that I thought this show was known for, and so I was happy to see that. But it's still, and Amanda, I don't know if this is because of COVID, like you mentioned, but it did still feel like these couples didn't know each other that well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm also curious, one of my questions for you guys was, you know, do you think that having such different upbringings impacts compatibility? Yeah, so I think it. you need, uh, yeah, I do think it definitely is such a big barrier and before Chris, I dated someone from Italy <laughs> and it didn't work out because obviously humor is like such a huge part of who yeah. I am and I would make jokes and he wouldn't <laughs> laugh. And I mean, maybe I'm just not funny. But... No, you're definitely funny. Can, <laughs> 10 out of 10 confirmed that. And I'm like, okay, never mind then. So it just like didn't work out because there was such a huge like barrier to that. It's like half your personality can be missing if you literally can't communicate, you know? I so that's where... I am curious if that, I don't know, if that plays a big role in people not viewing these relationships as legitimate as other dating show relationships or why these couples seem less serious. But um, it's interesting to hear that they've actually been building a connection for potentially a really long time and have known each other for a long time. So, um, yeah, Chris, do you feel the same way that it's hard to understand the connection some of these couples have, or is it more tangible the more episodes of the show you watch? Well, I think it's also in, important to to notice when you watch the show, they very carefully select what they do and do not show because mm-hmm. there's a lot of normal topics that you know have come up, but they don't show because mm-hmm. they may not be as drama filled. Yeah. So take it, take that with a grain of salt. I do mm-hmm. think, I don't think it's a necessity for people mm-hmm. to have the same upbringing it is a factor, yes, um, but mm-hmm. it's one that can, I don't want to say easily, but can certainly be overcome. And I think there's a difference between upbringing and culture, two very yes. different things. So you can have people in a, a city upbringing in <laughs> New York City marry someone that has a Southern upbringing, which have different ways of doing things and so forth. But that's something that's easily, I'll say, you can easily work with. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas you're going from somewhere that's in different countries where their culture is different. So there are cultures where they don't show affection in public. And in the U.S., people do show affection in public. So that is a huge thing. And that's something where these these couples may not even realize until they're actually one on one with each other. Because, yes, via text message, video calls in your privacy of your own home, people are a certain way. And there are people that change because of personality when they're in public. And then there's also cultures where that's not viewed positively and there's mm-hmm. other cultures where religion is a i don't want to say a deal breaker but it's a very stringent part of their life and oh. it impacts how they live their life every day whereas again i don't think people have to be the same religion to be in love or be married because i think it's a, a matter of a mutual understanding and respect that we may not we're not going to agree on everything because anyone who says i think any married couple that says they agree on everything is agreeing on that they're lying because right. <laughs> it's just impossible. But you can have the understanding that says, I view this this way and you view that that way. And we're not even going to say agree to disagree. We're just going to accept and, and respect that of one another. And I think, yes, that happens in some of these other cultures, but there's somewhere the religion is like so stringent where it's like, for, I think on one of these episodes, the person came in and like they expected to have 
the 90 days and the person's like, no, due to my religion, we have to be married in X or it's not, or we're going to be doomed. Um, Mm -hmm. And now that becomes a problem. So again, important um, communication is key, but I think it's even more, I think it's more so the each person's open-mindedness is more important than actually their upbringing because there's plenty of people that, again, different cultures. And they say, I, I understand we're different cultures and it's going to be a hurdle and they get through it very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bring up really good points. And this is something that the pandemic has really taught me because I, I've definitely witnessed a lot of relationships ending and relationships starting to bloom throughout this whole wild time. And it's really made me think on like, what is compatibility and, and what does it actually look like? There's so many layers to it that I think people really take for granted when you're, you know, there's a big difference between like 40% compatibility in a relationship versus 85% or, you know, whatever it is. And so um, I think you kind of just cultivated a really great definition for compatibility, but I'm curious if you guys do have certain concrete elements that you think are key in making a couple really suited to each other. I think it's just some of like having core values that are aligned really like um similar outlooks in life in terms of what you prioritize um like whether that's family work um or or traveling or whatever it may be and just making sure that those types of things are aligned and as well as what your like long-term goals are or at least being open to compromising and coming up with a plan a long-term plan that matches one another and and mutually benefits you as like a little family pod. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I, I like that you said views on work as well, because I have one couple of friends and I remember asking them why they felt they were such a good fit. And the first thing the guy brought up was neither of us is super ambitious, which I thought was really interesting because they're both <laughs> some of the hardest workers I know, like they work long weeks and they give it their all, but neither of them is trying to get into the C-suite. So neither of them wants to get to a point in their life where they're, you know, working more than they're seeing their family, more than they're seeing their friends, et cetera. And so I think that's another thing that people really take for granted is you have to be with someone who pedestalizes work to the exact same amount that you do, or you're going to have a partner that's absent a lot of the time. And that's going to be incredibly hurtful to you, you know? Yeah, I think uh, to piggyback on some of what Amanda said, and I, mm-hmm. I'll say I, I agree in part with some of what you're saying, but I also disagree in part as well, because I don't think you're, the other person has to have the same exact view on work as you. Mm-hmm. I think that you that they need to understand that their individual one and the other person being kind of mutually under a mutual understanding of what work means to them individually, because there's plenty of people that you have seen, I'm sure, where both parents are hardworking and they'll work 70 hours a week if they have to, because that's their goal. And then Mm -hmm. there's others where one may work 70 hours a week and one doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. And they work out really well because they prioritize the the time they have together. So I think just having that understanding of each other, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to be the same. I really think you could have someone who has no desire to work or desire to do meaningful work that may not necessarily pay anywhere near as much as corporate work or even have the same hours, but has more flexibility because between the two coming together, they say, our goal is between the two of us if we want to have a family. So I think on the any core values that are essential or almost required mm-hmm. to, to be compatible, I think, yes, there are some, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I actually think religion is one of them. And it's not they have to be the same, but they have to be respectful of one another's because that is a large, large bit of people's upbringing. It's where, I mean, personally, I learned a lot of my values there and I'm not adamant about it, um, but it's something that was important to me. And it's, it, it still is. And just not, again, doesn't have to mirror my views, but respect them is very important. Um, what family goals are, because if there's people that say, I definitely want children or I definitely don't, that's going to be a deal breaker for 99% of people. And now whether or not that actually happens, you don't know because you don't have explicit control over it. But right. um, that's one. Also one that's kind of, I'll say changing over the years, but and people kind of, I guess, are a little taboo to say, but gender roles. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a very real thing. And mm. when you talk about upbringings, there are a lot of people that, I mean, I personally know that their upbringings are where the dad goes to work and the mom stays home. Mm -hmm. um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with that because that's, that couple's decision to make and they may very well have sat together and said you know what this is what we want and this is why um right. and that's totally that's that's their prerogative um now for someone to go in and there are people who have the expectation because i've met women that don't want to work for their career mm -hmm. they 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 prioritize having a family and being present for every moment of their child's life mm -hmm. um and i've met dads that are the same um mm -hmm. so that is something i think is really important to talk about because you can't predict things in life. And there's, right. as, as a parent, there is nothing anybody in this world could have told me about being a parent that would be identical to how I felt when it happened. Mm -hmm. So what you think before is not going to be what you think afterwards necessarily. And I think at least aligning your goals together beforehand is, is a core necessity. Because if you miss there, when things start changing, I think your mistress gets wider. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of a long-winded response. No, that was fantastic, though. Those are all really important nuances, because I think that's a really important fine tuning or fine point to put on compatibility, which is you don't have to be the same. You don't have to be aligned. You just have to agree on the different kind of weight each person will hold with that respect. So, yeah, you don't need to be working the same hours. That's not what compatibility is. What compatibility is, is if one person wants to work extra long hours, the other person is extremely supportive of that accommodating etc. So I think that's really good nuance for sure. Yeah, th that's all. I, I love all these aspects of compatibility. So yeah, I was gonna say to me, like compatibility and all these topics we're touching on. Mm -hmm. It's more so like, the, there are people that look for similarities and kind of gravitate towards them, whether intentionally or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. um, I do not because I think I'm pretty weird. And if there were two of me, it would be really weird. Um, I hate to break it to you, but your wife's pretty weird. <laughs> Yeah. She's, hey. she's, she's a, I'm a cool wife. She's a, she's a different weird. And there's a lot of things we share in common. And there's a lot of things that we have like are that are absolutely not in common with. And even some of the, the nuances that people think are, are critical. Like I wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and if she had the choice, she would sleep until 11 o'clock. And mm -hmm. people would be like, you've wasted most of your day together. And it's like, actually not because I wake up at five o'clock, do things that are what I'll call my things in my time. And that helps mm -hmm. me with, with what just like as my mental state, like things that I enjoy doing. Totally. And, and, in, and like, for example, our daughter, when she wakes up early, we go do things. And then by the time we get home, we've had a great start to the day and my wife's well rested. And then we have a, we continue to have a great day. And to some people that sounds weird or whatever, mm -mm. Um, but it works. And I think it's like compatibility is not again, matching. It's more of a dance. Like when some person leans, the other person pulls the other way and it kind of works together in like a rhythmic way that creates something that's better than the, the sum of two parts. That's a great quote. I'm going to steal that. Not matching more of a dance. That's really good. <laughs>
Really, really good. Amanda, what are your, <laughs> do you have anything to add there on your guys' compatibility or compatibility in general? I like Jettos. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, that was really well said, Chris. And um, yeah, but like it took even, it took us a while to like figure out our compatibility as well. And I think when you think about like some of these couples on 90 day, like, they they like haven't had that opportunity to live with each other like long term Mm -hmm. or be together to really understand whether or not they're compatible in different scenarios and situations so Mm -hmm. it really feels like the 90 days that when they um, come to the U.S. and they're starting to get to know each other is like just the beginning of right that's another reason that it just felt like there wasn't as strong of a connection it still felt like there was so much you know you can absolutely still have the connection simultaneously while you're figuring out that dance if you will yeah but yeah but like how much is it how much of it is like that pre like honeymoon dating phase versus like them actually knowing and understanding each other in a more um in a deeper relationship absolutely so I usually ask this question first, but the flow of this conversation, it just didn't make sense yet. But I'm curious, each of your definitions of love, do you, I, I want to hear if you define it differently, similarly, where it goes for each of you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. I think like love is so, there's so many, it's like multifaceted. I think there's like one, just your the feeling you get on your own when you're with someone and feeling better about um, wanting yourself to be a better person as well as just your feeling and emotions towards them as well as like your level of attraction towards someone. And Chris just did like a body wave. <laughs> um, oh, I wish you could have video with this. <laughs> but then also I think there's like a level of like sacrifice, like what you'd want to give to that person and just mm. how you want to give whatever you can to make them happy and putting them before yourself even. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different things and I'm sure Chris will have like a much more eloquent response to that. <laughs> no, I like that though. I say on the contrary, I was actually going to wrap it, put it into one sentence because I tend to talk a lot as my wife tells me. And I really think you could, you could define love and spend hours talking about it. But simply put to me, love is when you prioritize someone else's happiness above your own. Mm, I really like that. That's think- just what I said. You did. The, so you, you just took my words. <laughs> so I you guys are compatible because you agree. Our words. <laughs> I I wrote down, Amanda, when you were saying what you'd want to give to them, I think that's really important. And that's exactly the idea of sacrifice. And this is something else I've been thinking a lot about. I was literally having a conversation with a friend yesterday about the fact that in certain contexts, there have been people where I have not wanted to sacrifice anything. And it was kind of a red flag to myself of, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the scenario for you. Um, but then there have definitely been scenarios where it's like, no, I, I would, I would go to the ends of the earth or like, this is something I would want to make XYZ work for. Um, and I think it's really interesting because that is a really good, in my opinion, indicator of how strong your feelings are for someone. But I also wonder if some people are just not wired that way, period, like no matter whom they're with, is it, is that a good gauge for everybody? 
Yeah, that's a good is, point. Is what a good is the what you're how much they do. give, like ah. how much they'd be willing to sacrifice. Because I think there are definitely some people out there that just, I, I don't know. No matter how much they love someone, they maybe wouldn't make certain sacrifices. But then you could also argue, but maybe that's just not the person for them. I don't know. I would pro I would tend to say that you have to be willing to give something because if you're not willing to give anything, love is a as I'll, I'll steal a quote. Love Ooh. is love is a two way street. It's not a highway and a bike path. Mm. So, yeah, it's from the movie The Breakup, by, and Vince Vaughn says it. In case, <laughs> oh, in go case figure. In case you're curious, <laughs> but if you're not if you're not willing to give up something, I don't. My opinion is that's not truly love, and I think there are people that don't know how to love, and mm. it could be because of what their their upbringing and maybe they unfortunately came from somewhere where that was never seen and understood. Um, but love is a very selfless thing. And if you're not willing to give anything up, I think that's a little bit on the selfish side. And and some people absolutely do change over time because I know there are points in my life where I wasn't willing to flex on anything because mm-hmm. I would just keep it moving. Um, and I think you can that can change. But if there's someone who claims to love someone, but they're not willing to make any sacrifice, it poses a real question. And I know people often don't like like to think of the worst case scenario, but... Mm-hmm. I also say if you're not willing to think of the worst case scenario, you're not willing to be with that person to be in that in a serious Mm -hmm. matter. So if the person, God forbid, gets sick and Mm -hmm. you have to sell your house to pay their medical bills and you have to go back on what you've worked so hard for. And that is a massive sacrifice. And Mm -hmm. and if someone I think the married couples, it should be instantaneous. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And for someone that's not used to giving up anything to have to do something like that and they put pause. I mean, frankly, I'd never want to be in that situation. I think a lot of people would say, no, 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 don't do that for me. Like, and, and so forth. But if someone was had that mindset, it's kind of like, well, what is, are, are they capable of love? And yes, I definitely think there are people that are not. Mm-hmm. So you kind of allude to two things that I ask a lot about. I'm very curious then. I mean, your definition of love is sounding very unconditional. It's sounding like literally till death do us part, no matter, you know, in sickness and in health, et cetera. Um, so I'm wondering if you both believe in unconditional love and, and that all like the best love is unconditional or um, if there are certain things your partner could do where it's like, okay, cut the cord. This is, this is not the one for me anymore. Yes. I believe in unconditional love. And of course there are, there are always exceptions to it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously if you if you love someone unconditionally and then you wake up and they're like chopping your leg off, like, okay, <laughs> I, I might draw the line there. And I, and yes, without going into but- more, more more sinister things yes there absolutely is but i think for the most part within any realm of reasonability there is unconditional love and i think it's i i I mean yes i I guess is my answer to that Mm -hmm. yeah amanda what do you think yeah i totally agree with that um of course there's certain things like you know if there was someone was like you know violent or like physically abusive or emotionally abusive then that would change the situation but um you know if things are in a healthy relationship then it it definitely is unconditional because when you enter that like marriage you hopefully are entering it for life and yeah and and i think one thing that i say and i've said it to amanda before is and you don't always have to like me and i won't always like you but i will always love you and because there are moments where you certainly may disagree like you did something they didn't like and it's not like life-changing but like you told me you're gonna do this and you didn't or you told me you're gonna call me and you didn't yeah I might not like you at that moment but it doesn't change the base of it because if it does then that base isn't very strong to begin with 
Mm-hmm. And like in terms of, and I know this is not necessarily just love, but marriage. And this is like, actually, I'll probably say the single best piece of marriage advice that my dad gave me. Ooh. And is that, and this was right before we got engaged. He goes, just so you know, marriage is not 50, 50. Hmm. He said, marriage is 100, 100. Yes. You give 100% of what you can give and they give 100% of what they can give. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be absolutely equal. You just mm-hmm. have to make sure you're both giving it your all because there are times where your all will be better and there are times her all will be better. And mm-hmm. I think that was actually rather insightful from a not so touchy feely kind of person. That I think that's really important. And everyone's 100 absolutely looks different for sure. But as long as both people are giving it their max, I think that's that's really important. Something else you alluded to that I ask a lot of people about, and my perspective has kind of changed over the years on this, but um, you said that, you know, there was a time in your life where you were just keeping it moving and you didn't necessarily have the total selflessness to be completely in love. And I'm wondering like, if you had met Amanda earlier than you did, is timing a, a very real thing? Timing is a very real thing. Cause I think in order for you to love someone else, you have to love yourself first. And there are definitely periods in my life where I didn't love myself enough to be fully um, transparent. And I think one other key factor of love is vulnerability and there are years that I would refuse to make myself vulnerable and if someone got too close cut them off keep it moving because I wasn't ready and whether regardless of what I would actually say to people actions speak louder than words and I think those are some things so yes Amanda is amazing and I think we met when we met and it was the optimal time because it's kind of like you got to meet when both paths are going toward the same direction Um, and we probably would have kept in touch but I don't think we would have been I wouldn't have been we would be as successful or happy as we are now if we had met at a different time. Cause I think timing is so important. Cause again, I've had some ups and downs in my life and there are times where it wouldn't have mattered what happened. I was still going to be down. I think I could have swept you off your feet no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> She's powerful. Same thing. Amanda. Yeah. Do you think if you had met Chris at a different time, it wouldn't have worked? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean, yeah, that, you know, I do think, I don't know. Um, oh, things were so different. I was young and vibrant and stuff. <laughs> um, I do think timing is important for sure. Um, I, I guess I don't think I would, was ready for like a serious relationship when I was like, if we had met before we met, even though, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't think it would have. Yeah. I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw a plot twist in there. We were both engaged before we were married. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Did that change your perspective on love? Or Chris is almost a 90-day fiance. <laughs> <laughs> and his first engagement. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I think uh, for me, that actually made me realize, like, I was like, just, I, I was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I was settling and it made me realize how unhappy I would have been long-term. And so I had to go through that engagement in that relationship to learn that I shouldn't settle for just whatever. And then once I met Chris, I realized that I wouldn't be settling anymore and would have, you know, got the guy of my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're cute. (laughs) So do you believe in soulmates? Chrissy? Um, this is a common topic and actually in 90 day fiance, there is one point where someone like one person asks their spouse, do you mm. live in soulmates? And they say, yes, but I met mine in high school or something stupid like that. Oh. Which, and then, so it wasn't that person. Um, 
but I, I think soulmates is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I, I think it's not necessarily something where that, I mean, cause to me, the, what, what would have theoretically been a soulmate at 25 versus 30 is vastly different. So hmm. I think kind of your soulmate is the person that you're willing to finish, finish that soulmate painting with. Mm-hmm. And cause it kind of continues to evolve over time. So um, I think, yes, once you meet them, you re- you recognize it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's kind of, it, it takes work from both people. It's not just like there's that single special someone out there and you got to go find them. And when you find them, everything's going to click and all the work is done. Um, I think you both put in work to make that. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> Um, I do think that it's, it doesn't all come naturally. Like you do have to put in work and make things, things, um, more seamless, but I don't know. I feel like Kristen, I feel like you came into my life at the right time. And, um, I do think, I do think we're soulmates. I didn't say we weren't soulmates. I just, soulmates are self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, am I just a self-fulfilling prophecy now? <laughs> something all right <laughs> <laughs> do you believe in soulmates i do um and i always have and that's just kind of because of how my parents came together just feel like again compatibility is something that's really really rare like true compatibility i think a lot of people can make it work and be happy in relationships but i also I'm of the opinion that a lot of people are settling, which I think tends to make people feel attacked, but it is something that I'm very passionate about. And I just think that there tends to really only be one person that is as close to a perfect fit for you as possible, which is not something that I think is very encouraging to believe in. Like, I think it, um, it can be a difficult thing to believe in, but I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it just comes down to how rare true compatibility is in my Mm -hmm. eyes. But. And I think I think that actually that concept kind of dances a very fine line when you say people are settling mm-hmm. because what your your version of someone settling is may be very different than what they actually are doing. Great point. I think I think willful compromise is not settling by any means. It's saying that what that what we think together is more important than what I think alone. Mm-hmm. And so. I think like in a way to view that and it's something like, cause one of my passions is cars. It's something that takes up a lot of time, a lot of money and things like that. And I noticed that throughout that world over time, when people get married, they kind of drift off and they say they can't do it anymore mm-hmm. um, because of their spouse. Mm-hmm. So I guess in, in, by some definition, that's all these people are settling and people view it negatively. And the younger people say, Oh, we lost one mm-hmm. or the joke. Another one bites the dust. But I don't think that's actually the reality of it. I think it's that people may have found something different now that is more important to them than they thought something else was. So their compromise is just prioritizing their family over it. So on the surface, yes, they're no longer doing their passion, but they have a new passion that's more important than that Mm -hmm. other one. And that other one hasn't died or gone away. It's just something new. And I, I think somebody willfully doing that is a lot different than someone feeling trapped where they have to settle. Um, because those are tend to be the grumpy ones. So I think there's a very fine, and I frankly think the only people that are going to know that are the two people that are part of the decision. I think that's a really great point. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I see that, and I think, like, even when I was saying, like, before my first relationship that, like, I felt like he was this guy. 
I really hope he doesn't listen to this because like I was like oh he's an attorney like that's what I really like I was like but he has zero social skills I'm like not attracted to him at all I was like clearly this is marriage material um so I literally was just settling because he had a good job right came to your senses but people do stuff like that every day you know yeah all the time all the time weren't you settling with oh sorry I'm sorry can you delete the name well no names I'll blur it out um I don't even know I wouldn't even necessarily say it was settling it was just like I didn't care um Mm -hmm. Because I remember when it was like the remote idea of planning a wedding and I had like zero interest. I was more interested in like what I was going to eat for lunch. Um, <laughs> and that was like a side that was clear as day. And I think it was so bad that even like I don't, my parents didn't even say anything to me because I'm sure they're like, there's no way this is going to work. But if it gets too close, we'll stop it. And of course, it collapsed far before then. And it was yeah. like where people around me, like it was people that actually knew me. Knew, I could see how obvious it was as well. It was kind of like, mm. eh, this will work. Um mm-hmm. And I think that nobody said anything because they just knew it wasn't going to. But if I do feel that if it got actually anywhere remotely close to happening, people would have stepped in and be like, all right, I'm going to stop you right here, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is did you wait? Did you have like a date and stuff planned? I don't even think we like got that far. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. That shows how much it mattered to me. <laughs> Sucka. <you> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So I, so, okay. So it wasn't that hot of a take, right? Like it's, it's a thing that people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Also, I like, I know we are on a million different topics and I don't mean to like bombard this, but no. I'm so curious about what you thought about Stephanie Harrison Ryan, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So this is now I was just going to pivot to the actual show because yeah, we need, we need to like get into the actual show now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, so this just goes back to me again saying, you know, if someone's your person, you're not going to all of a sudden then just decide you like their cousin. Like that <laughs> to me, it's like, I, do you guys want to explain what happened really briefly with them? Cause it's very confusing. Sure. Okay. So Stephanie obviously is this older woman <laughs> and she was, she is single clearly. And she went on vacation to, Belize, Belize right? where she met this younger man Ryan um and she was like supporting him financially she was paying someone to like paying his salary through <laughs> someone else secretly so she was like giving him money and he didn't know about it and um he and her apparently were applying for the visa and uh, well there's Okay, and then when she went back to visit him, they got into a fight because actually there's like some sexual harassment lawsuit Ooh. because apparently they had sex and she told him to put on a condom and he didn't. Oh, and right. that is what triggered their big fight, which led to her going to his cousin. <laughs> but um, one, they, they've been on and off. And so this wasn't the first time she slept with his cousin, but <laughs> she like relies on this um, psychic for like relationship <laughs> advice. And the psychic once told her Ryan was like the guy for her. And then as soon as that didn't go over well and they got into their fight, the psychic is now saying Harris is the one for her. (laughs) (laughs) And so she believes that. And that's what's really driving her to be with these guys. But as you can see, like she relies a lot on like alcohol and (laughs) I don't even end the psychic itself for just 
comfort, but Chris, maybe you can have a better, give a better explanation of that. So we'll start off by saying Stephanie is clinically insane. There's, <laughs> there's, there's so many things that are not right about this woman that are just gl- glaringly obvious just from her talking for more than a minute. Um, that being said, I go back to my earlier point. You need to love yourself and be pretty com- comfortable mm. before you can actually love. This lady has no idea what she's doing. I think she's like 50-something. Never, n- never, oh. never been married. Always been on her own. Lives with her cats or something like that. But it, it's pretty like this is the type of person that gives the 90-day fiance a bad rep because right. she's clearly fulfilling a fantasy. And she wants to be the puppeteer of this fantasy or this romance novel that she's writing because yeah. she's she's always in control. And I think she likes the image that she portrays as this sugar mama type concept to a cabana boy. And she loves it. I think she gets more joy out of that than actually the time she spends with these people because she spends more time talking about what she's done for them because it makes her mm-hmm. feel good about herself. I got him a watch. I got him this. And I was like, well yeah okay like material objects that are and she likes boasting about it it makes her feel like she's more important and also the underlying thing uh, to to dive into the show where it seems that people have been doing it for ulterior motives is Mm. that she runs a like um a medical beauty a a medical spa and does like injections and so forth which kind of goes into the whole facade of where image matters more to her than anything else Mm. and she's obviously in part doing it for her business so let's 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 state the obvious on that one but (laughs) she clearly doesn't love this person neither does the other person love her they each they're each getting something out of one another it's almost like a transaction she gets to fulfill her fantasies they get to use this woman to get what they want um Mm -hmm. and the guy harris is a lot smarter than the guy ryan because he knows what he's doing he's he's he can read the whole situation he could care i don't think he'd care less but he's playing a game it's like he has a job that he has to accomplish to Mm. get what he wants to get paid i'm not Uh, sure if this is on your episode though um where harris he has a baby mama yes and so did you see where they were still like kissing and stuff like that so clearly him and his baby mama are in on this where oh i didn't see that part i did see though that um she was showing him pictures on facebook of him with her being like you're still in love with her aren't you they're like still together him and his. <laughs> yeah i mean if, if you talk about the idea of love watching them sit on the beach and watch their kids that's love people that can <laughs> sit together and do absolutely nothing him and his baby and, mama and make it into something Aww. is a lot more than the con than this idea of like they have to go out to a grand dinner a grand trip a grand something in order for that to be the central focus of what they're doing rather than the focus being actually just spending time with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that's a really good point. That's another, when my friends got married, part of the speech, it was the sister-in-law that gave the speech, like while she ordained them. And part of the speech about their love that just really stood out to me was um, she said that they can do absolutely anything together, but they especially revel in the mundanity of life together. There are all those really, really small moments that, there's literally nothing actually happening. There's no experience that they're sharing other than just being in the same place at the same time. And they revel in that. And I think that's incredibly important because most of life is that most of life is not vacations Mm -hmm. and novelty and adventure and all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that is the true definition of knowing that you love someone is being able to do absolutely anything with them and have it be something. Yeah. I think, that actually, I watch a lot of movies, and I'll admit I'm into rom coms. I watch them really, hey. but it reminds me of a, a scene from the movie Valentine's Day 
where one of the child's grandfather is explaining to his grandson what love is. And he's going through the house showing pictures of him and the grandmother. And he, the, the grandfather says to the grandson, he goes, all these pictures are the highlight reels of, of our marriage. Mm. It's, it's the moments in between that were not as, as exciting or the highlight reels and even the lows. Those moments between are what allowed us to have these high moments and made the love that important. That's my paraphrase of it, but I think that kind of goes along the same lines that yes. it's it's not it's not about the the flashy moments. It's about the sitting in the house watching Ninety Day for mm-hmm. hours and laughing <laughs> and just having fun. Exactly with that brings me to a what? great person. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, no, me. It's me. <laughs> I'm <the> person. <laughs> I love sorry it. what brings you to your next question no that was it no don't no don't apologize I want you guys the, the whole point is having you on like I, I talk enough on here um I, like speaking of watching hours of 90 day like why is this show your favorite like why do you guys love it so much I'm trying to understand what about it just gets you <sighs> you know it's interesting because we both were fans so I think we both were fans even before we started dating because oh. so we've been together for five and a half years or so but I think the show started even before that and so it ended up being something that we you know it basically just formed the basis of our relationship (laughs) it's all you ever talk about yeah it's basically the only thing that we are aligned on no um but what I think it's just so interesting because I don't feel like our relationship has like a lot of like drama in it which is like Mm -hmm. a great thing Mm -hmm. um so seeing just some of these other like unfathomable relationships and dynamics is so fascinating and it's just so otherworldly in a way (laughs) just things are so unimaginable yeah Um, and I don't know it's just so entertaining really for me (laughs) Have you had like favorite couples on the show? I probably won't know who they are, but for anyone that listens to this that loves the show, they will definitely recognize them. (laughs) There's this couple called Annie and David. And so David is probably like 400 pounds now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's a little harsh. (laughs) Okay, like 300. Anyways, him and Annie are like, so she's, I think she, where is she from? She's from Thailand. She was like 24 and they met. He was like 48. Um, And on the it's like on, your pleasant surprise couple. on the on the surface yeah. they were exactly what everyone thinks the k1 should not be mm-hmm. although the irony being that he had like literally no money which <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> they lived in like a garage yeah, oh, shoot. No, money, no job he was like divorced didn't talk to his kids wow. but it was like that but then they turned out like they obviously had their rough patches like anybody does and mm-hmm. but they turned out to be the, like probably the most pleasant surprise because you watch them when they were talking and they're like on these little offshoots like pillow talk where it's literally just filming couples watching other show the other couples on the show and their dynamic is just so funny that you feel like you're in the room with them laughing and you're like they couldn't fake this there's no amount of tv and they don't make that much money off this show so there's no amount and they don't capitalize off the show either from what i've seen they're not they They get like a few hundred episodes they don't have they're not on instagram promoting other random skincare products because they have followers from it but Mm -hmm. I think the thing that we find so interesting, at least myself, is that 90 Day Fiance does a, a bunch of different things. It gives you it's it gives you different cultural aspects, which I find really interesting to learn because um, again, as Amanda touched on later, Amanda was in another country for a while and dated someone from another country. <laughs> I dated someone from another country. So I'm well familiar with like the K1 visa to me. I knew the process of it 
in detail down to the timeline before wow. the show came out. So when I'm watching it, I'm also calling bluffs. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. That's not how it works. Mm. Um, but I think it's really interesting to learn about other cultures because over the years, like I've learned a lot and mm -hmm. taken, again, take the best and leave the rest from other cultures or at least how I see it fits in me. And I think it makes things more interesting. And it kind of like is encourages me to travel more and like that yeah. kind of stuff. So I think that is very fun as one part of it. So the cultural aspect that we get to learn and watch from and see what perceptions of other of people uh, like perceptions of Americans are from other countries are hilarious because <laughs> they think everybody's rich and lives in these big houses. And I'm like, you guys are thinking of like the top 2%. Right. Um, but, but it's, and that's entertaining to me. We also have like, I'll say the familiarity with the, the, what some of these couples had been going through or did go through at times. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think we just love the drama of it because we were like at the core, like we have a little portion of ourselves that likes to be judgmental about people we have no idea know nothing about so <laughs> totally. and it's like it's like one where you just get to like step out of your world and live in someone else's world for a little bit mm -hmm. and yes we talk to the tv we laugh at the tv we pause and rewind and go did you see <laughs> that um so i think it's just more so like it's it's entertaining it's and it's nice to see it gives you hope on when you see a positive outcome from some of it because mm -hmm. sometimes you see like okay this is going to be a dumpster fire from the beginning and it is exactly <laughs> the dumpster fire you expected <laughs> but to see the to see the ones that work out like David and Annie is a pleasant surprise. It gives you a little bit more hope. And you could say, even touching on your concept of how you're such a hopeless romantic. When you see this, if you were to watch the entirety of it, there are some couples that will really have you stopping in your tracks and going just, wow, I couldn't have, like, I never would have thought of this. I never would have thought of pe two people being so different. And it also, I guess in this day and age, as the world kind of blends together, it's not saying that you have to be like someone else to be with someone else. So I think that's really interesting. And it, it does provide a lot of hope for the future, I think and awareness because we don't realize everybody thinks only well, not everybody but a common concept of this show is that that other countries are poor america's rich everybody wants to come to america and i'm like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe th like some countries yes not all countries are like that and right so it's like you see the people that it's not about where they physically live and there's also 90 day the other way where the couples move to other countries because they can't get into the u.s mm -hmm. so it just gives you a, a better i'll say i'm Ninety Day Fiance is not the way to get your world news and world culture, <laughs> but it's a way to get a dose of it. Yeah. I also think just one more thing to add. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like we spent Chris and I spend a lot of time together, and especially in COVID and like having a daughter, things are always crazy with work, taking mm -hmm. care of her. And I think like Ninety Day Fiance, um, regardless of what it is, has just become like a show that we can like set aside once the baby goes to sleep and use that time for us mm -hmm. <laughs> as just like a time where we can just like goof off and yeah. watch something different and well not different because we watch it we've been watching <laughs> it for like eight years <laughs> um, but um just it's just time that we can set aside for us and it's definitely become a point it's the basis of our relationship so if that show stops i don't know what's gonna happen with us we might have to talk to each other yeah we might have to <laughs> talk no more inside jokes. So was in my first guest episode on this podcast, I interviewed a linguistics professor and he said that there are studies that show that couples who watch dating shows together actually have a better chance at staying together because they, or even rom-coms, because they're experiencing other people's love and connections and interpreting it and having conversations about it. And it forces you to communicate about certain things that maybe you just wouldn't touch otherwise. Mm, that's yeah, interesting. I, th I think that's a good point. And I kind of view that as well, because sometimes you're watching the show and you go like, 
imagine if that happened to us and it gives you a, 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 yeah. a comfortable segue into what could be a serious topic that not everybody, you're not just going to like stop in the middle of the day and be like, so what if this happened? How would you feel? And they're like, well, right. why are you thinking about that? Why are you going down that negative path? And first you <laughs> see it on TV and you might also pick something up from this in this bizarre world of trash TV. You might watch them and say, you know what? They actually handled that really well. I hadn't thought of that before. And that's something that you may consciously or subconsciously retain and go back to a later point. Like well, they had a tough issue. Like we couldn't do this. And what was the result? And again, it makes it an easy to bring up topics and be able to provide your own feedback on other people's things that quite frankly, aren't our actual business, but TV made it our business. And <laughs> it allows you to, it, it allows you to learn more about your partner as well, because if you both watch something and they, somebody did something that you both feel is against your values and you both say that and echo that sentiment, you guys feel like a sigh of relief. Like, this makes me feel even better. And hopefully that happens a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So I know we've spent almost an hour there. I could talk about this stuff with you guys forever. So I, I've really appreciated your perspective on all of this. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Is there a little bit more 90 day that you wanted to discuss? Like this is your platform. <laughs> um, no, we touched on so many things. I feel like we didn't even end up talking as much about 90 day, but I know. Um, but it's been such a very interesting conversation and, um, I really appreciate you including us on this and just want to, you know, tell everyone to watch the show because <laughs> the more ratings go up, the more episodes we'll make and the happier we'll be. <laughs> and the more you'll have to talk about together. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Do you have anything you want to add, Chris, or did I cover everything that you <laughs> took my breath away? <laughs> Yeah, were there like aspects of the show you did want to, I mean, since you love it so much, this is your chance to just give it the plug or anything else that you've really enjoyed about it. But oh. yeah. No, I, I think I, I, well, one interesting thing, just as like background information that I thought was interesting, but not necessarily related to love, but actually TLC, who the channel that's on, typically goes on social media to try and find couples that oh. they see and like they ask them to come on the show itself oh versus people who apply of course there are some who apply to be on it like stephanie who is trying to promote her business <laughs> but it's i didn't realize that like a lot of people yeah. are found yeah, they they recruit for the show it's, yeah and, and then frankly yeah. some some of them are find out like they can't film at the same rate at which people's relationships are progressing so it's not actually true there are times where things have come out where it's like they said this but the reality is they broke up a week before that but they didn't get to film the breakup so they agreed to come back and do it and also when you pay someone to be on a dating show and they realize that their compensation is dependent upon how people like them they're going to act a little bit differently than they would if the door if the cameras are off but totally. er, early in the days like the one of the the most wholesome couples that looked good from the beginning and stayed good throughout the entirety of it were ones that actually met I can't remember the guy's name, but the woman's name was like Carillium or something like that. Um, Carolyn. Carolyn. And this was like season one where it was like, this is what K1 is to a lot of people. Sorry, and, I think they were both Mormon. Yeah, they uh -huh. met on, I think they met on a church trip at one point in another country. Then they met again a few years later and started dating a few years later. And so it was just like a very weird, and I guess it kind of goes back to your soulmates concept because mm -hmm. they crossed to cross paths twice in a different country is kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then you got to see, and and unfortunately they didn't show a lot of them as time went on because they were almost too good and not enough drama. Like they, they had real world issues and they dealt with them like adults and (laughs) and they had compromises. And I think one of the most wholesome moments on that show was they came back to the U S they had children, they lived with his family and supported like his career and so forth. And then at one point, his one of his passions, and you're kind of going back to like what was his characteristic trait, was he was really into photography, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And she missed her family dearly, um, which anyone could imagine, especially I think she's from Brazil. And, yeah. and they showed the family dynamic there and it was so strong. So for her to leave says a lot about what she how she felt about this person. Yeah. But at one point, years after they were married, he actually went and without telling her, applied for a visa so that they could move there. And mm-hmm came back and said he's like i know how much you miss your family we've Mm -hmm. been here you're willing to move here for me i'm willing to move there for you and it was like kind of like the whole circle and it was just like that is what marriage is and this like very much legitimized it versus these like again i'll call it a dumpster fire of stephanie who's just on there (laughs) too too. and then she came out she's like my business has gone up 200 percent since i was on this show it's like whoop de doo yeah cool so you were definitely in it for the right reasons that's what they've been giving Matt from The Bachelor, they've been calling him Matt in it for the right reasons because he like <laughs> walked away and didn't even get engaged. And also, yeah, such a catchy it. nickname. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Stephanie in it for the right reasons. <laughs> so I guess my I just have one question for you. Do yeah. you think you're going to watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would start like if a new season started, I would watch it from the beginning. It was hard to jump in and kind of get excited about these people because I think, and, and the same would go for any dating show. Like you need the character development. You need to really be in it from the jump to actually, I think, like it and be invested. But um, I think I, I would start a new season and watch it from the beginning, or I would just start this season over just so I really understood people's backgrounds and how they were getting together. But I think it's, it's, I, you guys have alluded to this a lot. I mean, they really focus on the drama and that's what I don't like about The Bachelor too is what I like to watch these shows for is the character development and then also the love development and to understand, you know, why these people love each other and and why they could work. And I didn't feel like I got enough of that content from this show. Like I would get Mm -hmm. all the drama but I didn't see and and you know my questions in the beginning I think kind of hinted at that too where I'm like do these people have real connections because they didn't really spend that much time on that and so um that part is hard for me because I just I enjoy Mm -hmm. the loving aspects of it way more than the we need to tell your parents that we don't want to live them we'll live with them anymore or you know like stuff like yeah. that <laughs> yeah and I guess to be fair I did pick the ones that I felt were the most <laughs> drama filled because I thought it would be the most captivating but and they were fun duly were noted like... <laughs> I, I, I think you get a much different perception of the show if you watch season one yeah Ooh. okay so that's what I'll watch and then we should do a another... exactly yeah but I that's that's what I think is so interesting about our dating show culture, though, is we love the drama. Like, that's, I mean, every season of The Bachelor, they go, and the most dramatic season yet, and everyone's all excited. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the problem with all of this to me. We, we end up missing the point. And I think there are, like, some really solid couples in these shows that could actually work. But they tend to focus on, you know, the one argument they have where it's very clear that, 
you know, they're not seeing eye to eye. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. But, but that's the unfortunate, unfortunate reality of the dating shows is they're dating yeah. shows for people's entertainment. They're designed for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to make yeah. money. They don't actually care if people stay together. They exactly. actually would prefer if they broke up. So it's kind of like, I mean, knowing the framework of what people's um, motives are for doing something. Again, it's like mm-hmm. dating, dating shows are just about something that should be the potentially the biggest and most pure moment or decision of your life is something that's going to be broadcasted on TV. So you always question, why would someone go on the show? Why would someone want to display this much about themselves? Because marriage mm-hmm. is supposed to be a mixture of public and private and they want to put all their business out there. Why would someone want to do that? Mm-hmm. And why would someone want to film it? And like you were saying before, the, the, some of the most important about, things about marriage and love are mm-hmm. frankly things that would be absurdly boring to everybody else. <laughs> totally. Like, does someone want to sit and watch you watch you watch TV with your significant other for two hours and laugh while you're sitting there eating ice cream and microwave food? Like, no, they don't. <laughs> They'd rather watch you guys have a blowout fight in the middle of the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is always important. Uh, and I, I kind of, I watch it with the sole intent that it's entertainment and mm-hmm. all, and I feel like always, on any, I don't watch Bachelor or any of those other shows because they're, again, who wants to be to me the kind like who wants to go out there and compete with like twenty other people right. that, that you don't know? It's like you want to be on TV. The end. Like right. <laughs> there's no exactly. there's no prize. Like the prize is something that you may not even want. Like you're literally just competing to be on TV. Right. And every now and then there's like one that surprised. Like I'm sure you've watched the show Love Is Blind. Oh yes, yep. Mm-hmm. The one couple that was like blew just blew everyone's mind. They kind of just disappeared the fastest. Yep, that's so true. They really yeah the solid one. Uh, yeah they did not try to stay in the limelight and 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 which and which couple was that because i'm curious if you think it's the same one that i do i'm thinking of uh lauren and i'm blanking on his name cameron Um, cameron yeah yeah yeah. who are you thinking yes that that was the same couple and again they they did they did their show and then off they went Mm -hmm. yeah i i yeah i love them and they're they're thriving and i talked about that show I did a whole podcast episode on it but then I also talked about that specific couple with a relationship therapist and she was saying she knew from the get-go that they were going to do really well because they were talking about real things um they were talking about you know like how are we going to raise our children and just make sure that they feel safe and that Cameron could understand the perspective that Lauren had being a white man versus a black woman and and all that so yeah they she thought from the jump they were they were set up for success the way they were having conversations, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that was a needle in the haystack. Although one show I'll say that I actually think has more more geared towards people who are actually willing to make a commitment is married at first sight because it's a legal commitment. And you, mm. got, you got to have a mix of a little bit crazy and a little bit of hope to go on a show like that versus the other ones where you just go on a show, walk away and like hope you get some Instagram followers. But that's that a is, topic. That's a good point. And my episode right before this was Married at First Sight. But we that was the Australian. Australian. Yeah. Yes. The Australian mm-hmm. one is awful. that one is not. I <laughs> with all due respect, the I think the US one is a bit better. Really? Why? Yes. Because the Australian one is all about image. It's mm-hmm. all about how they look. Just I even like, physically. Yes. They all mm-hmm. try to mix match these storybook or like something that they can take a picture of and make a poster board out of. I mean, just look at the amount of makeup all the girls in that show wear. Like, it makes my skin clog. <laughs> clog. It's, like, it's it's just like it's it's really like that's not how it is because the majority of time you're not wearing makeup, and these people spend more time on how they actually look, Lots or how of they fillers. or how they yeah. think other people perceive them, 
than actual issues that come up. And some issues come up and they're like, we can get by this. I'm like, you guys are out of your mind. <laughs> but the US one, like you see them, they're not wearing makeup. I mean, they are, no, but like, it's, it's normal. They're it's like, it's normal. like them in a car and like fighting in a car or having a good time in a car saying, you know what, you did this and I didn't like it. And it was all very real things that I think anybody that's married can can um, really get into that position of and say like, okay, this relates to me. Or people that aren't married will look at it and say, this is a really important conversation that I might want to have with a potential suitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think it's much more real. Every now and then a couple trickle in there that are like completely false. But yeah, you're always going to have, but I think it's more, more than not. But again, like you said, you, for, for love, you have to be willing to sacrifice or give up something. If you're willing to give up and sacrifice to get married legally, then again, you don't even know the person yet, but that doesn't mean you can't love them. Right, right. No, that's so, yeah, that's so true. And I, I had been told that the Australian version was a little bit too aesthetically focused. And I did find it uh, pretty suspicious that everybody on there looked like a model. But Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I think this was seriously such a good conversation. I love having a married dynamic on and just like it's really cool to hear even how aligned you guys are on all of these different topics under this umbrella um it's just really interesting to me and and really exciting well well thanks this is so much fun thank you for thinking of us yeah thanks for being on it I'm excited for everyone to I'm literally going to text like seven people in I have seven people in mind already where I'm like I can't wait for you to hear this episode (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I've got this week. Thank you so, so much for being here.